So uh, yeah, not not the biggest music guy anymore. So I'm gonna go with uh, the, my favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song of the year. Not the biggest music guy anymore. That should be a shirt. We could sell that to old white dudes like crazy. <laughs> oh true. man, brunch hit it, boys. It's the most. I've been doing that recently. Just that line. That's it? And it tells you everything you need to know. You know what they're saying. It's like... Um, Could be the most anything, though. It's the most hungry I've been in so long. That's not true. I just crushed a bag of peanut M&Ms. Hey, guess what? What's that? Uh, Merry New Decade, Deej. That's true. When does the decade start? I don't know. We had to do a thing uh, where we were picking, like, who, who's on your all Celtics, the all decade Celtics team and everything. And I intentionally just, like, did a bad job. So every time anybody started yelling at each other, I'd be like, well, s- this is probably wrong anyway, because nobody knows when a decade starts if it starts in the, they say, does it start in the year zero or one? It's got to start in the zero. Because, like, if you say, like, best of the 2010s, you can't. Di- like exclude 2010 right when you say like the 10s or the teens or whatever that yeah. includes 2010 yes i don't think sure. anybody's starting like a well it's 2011 the beginning of a new decade yeah, that's like wrong it, it, it's like in 10 years there's gonna be a lot of insufferable best of the decade lists and then it's gonna be best of the 10 years there's gonna be anything shut up uh it's gonna be best of the 2020s best of the 20s and so we're gonna have to count this year but uh all I do know is mm-hmm. this is the second decade that brunch has existed in. Wow, that's very exciting. Yeah. I also know that uh, people are getting a little hasty, putting the cart before the horse. They're, they're, as they're swapping in all the 2020 vibes for 2019, Yeah. trading out 2019, bringing 2020 in, saying new year, new me, blah, blah, everything's better. Uh, we're sports people. You should know. You don't truly know who won the trade for like five years <laughs> that's true so i have no idea some trades knowing. you know that you lost immediately i have no some trades you go into it saying like hey we're in a bind we have to we have to make this trade we yeah. know we're going to lose it yeah we've, we've just got to make it yeah johnny boy chuck for two second round picks it's true and like a lot of people are saying that that 2020 is going to be better than 2019 yeah it's an election year so that's true. There's a strong possibility that it could be a lot worse. This is the first time I've always mostly been of the mind that not much is going to change from one day to the next just because the calendar has changed. But now I'm like really firmly entrenched all the way in on, yo, time is a social construct and <laughs> we're a bunch of sheep. Like nothing changes from... The time as a social construct argument is really interesting. It's just, so true. Yeah. There's like no two ways about it. We just Somebody made that deci- shit up. <laughs> right. Somebody decided. Like, I understand that we get... Well, this is that's just going to be this whole episode now. I, uh, <laughs> I understand that like right now I'm older than I was yesterday or what you call yesterday. Yeah. A few hours ago, what you would call a few hours ago. But the idea of... This amount of time is defined by this, and then because time cha- it became later in time, now something else changed. I mentioned this on Twitter. I was watching an a interview with Wilco, and somebody brought up like uh, 
fashion by decades or whatever. And one of the guys who wasn't Jeff Tweedy, who wasn't talking the entire time, he was like, it was like his time to speak up. He was like, I just want to say, like, that's all really bogus if you think about it. Nobody just like wore jean jackets and leather jackets and had big hair from right. 1980 to and then, 1989. Like the 90s, and then like the 90s and then hit, they were like, fuck this. Baggy jeans. <laughs> and then like as soon as it turned to 90s, they were like, all right, now it's time to wear baggy jeans. And then and like, we've like, all got to the 2010s. That hey, time to dress like it's yeah. the 60s. It's like fashion isn't totally defined by like this 10-year yeah. segment. I mean, there were times in the 2010s where... Everything was super 60s. There were times in the 2010s where everything was super 90s. Shout out Heim. Even look at like how people dress in the early 2000s. Like there was, we all lived through that. There was never yeah. a moment where somebody, where everybody was like, "Oh, this thing sucks now. We we should stop wearing this." I think that then really you look now, back and you're like, Ugh. nobody really cares if what you're wearing right now isn't super fashionable. The only thing that I'll necessarily Look at, and I've got a few shirts like this, and I just can't afford to buy new ones just because I'm poor. But the uh, if you have like a dress shirt that's got a point collar, that's like, bro, they've been you. You should be doing the the wider ones that have been happening for a long time. Like it just looks like you bought that shirt ten years ago and haven't bought a new one. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think that really there's much stuff you can wear that somebody would say, uh, excuse me. I also uh, this feel is like 2020. You're supposed to be wearing uh, Chelsea boots and not Chucka boots. I also feel like there's there's so much like diversity now where people are just wearing whatever the fuck they want, and that's cool. And, yeah, that's like your own style. Yeah, and so I mean there are trends and stuff like that, but for the most part, it's it's very much across the board. Uh, yeah. For f- like at least from my perspective, so maybe there isn't like a real defining thing right now. Want to talk a little New Year's? Yeah. Uh, why not? Uh, he, I've uh, figured out what the least impressive thing about New Year's is. Uh, everything about it, other than there's a little Twitter alley oop. Uh, the next, the morning after on New Year's Day, I was checking Instagram stories, which th- I, that should legitimately be my New Year's resolution to never watch another Instagram story again. How often? When? When is there ever a payoff in a, an Instagram story? It's uh, the as most long as mindless- it's John Mayer's. Yeah, I guess. It's the most mindless, dumb thing in the world. And I, I wish that there were more responsibility on everybody's part, myself included. I don't post many Instagram stories, but there should be more responsibility that like, hey, if you're going to post something, make it at least kind of good or kind of interesting. It's just ab- there is nothing that is more just noise, whether even if it's a, even if it's just a picture, it's noise. It's garbage. It's n- nothing important at all. But Nothing worse than the, uh, hey, new post, check it out. Oh, cool. I didn't see that. Would have seen that on the feed. I've recently gotten <laughs> into the uh, dude with a sign oh, yeah, accounts. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. a dude with a sign. There's a dude out with a sign. Yeah. I follow them both, and one of them was stop posting uh, your posts in your story. Oh, really? Which well, I agree with. Yeah. I like the thing that I, I do this sometimes. I've stolen this move from Lena Waith. I'll post other people's posts yeah. in my story. Yeah. Sharon Van Etten had a post about how good marriage story was. And she said it better than I could, so I just gank that go. post, it's a put real, it in my thing. It's a real uh, Instagram retweet. And then people click on it, and they're like, wow, not only does DJ know who Sharon Van Etten is, what a <laughs> cool, hip guy. He's got enough he's taste also, to appreciate Marriage Story. He's also seen Marriage Story. Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of best of 
Yeah, stuff. It's our, be- our uh, year in review episode. Year in review. Second and annual. I haven't finished it yet. I'm at 48. I make every year, uh, Brian and I, we each make a 50 song playlist of our favorites from 2010. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not done with mine, even though it's January 2nd. I'm at 48 songs. But this whole experience has made me realize, because I'm listening to the songs I was listening to over and over and over again. Uh, 17 by Sharon Van Etten was the second best song of 2019. Ooh. Do you know that song? No. It's, uh, I don't know what it's about. I think it's about having a kid. But it, the, the chorus is just like, I used to be 17. And there's a lot of emotion in it. And there's like a breakdown where she really, really yells. And it's a terrific song. So uh, if anybody doesn't know that song, I'll toss on the brunch playlist. But it was a, I think it was a pretty big, big hit. So that's a great song. Anyway, going through Instagram stories. Super, super noisy thing. It's especially after New Year's because it's everybody screaming and at parties and it's just so loud. A lot of them are at clubs. It's brutal. It makes me glad I don't have that many friends because otherwise I'd, I'd see more of those stories. But least impressive thing in the world, sabering champagne. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I do enjoy uh, a nice fuck up when it comes to that. It's only a fuck up. You are saying... Hey, if you give me if you give me a bottle of champagne and a knife, I can spill a bunch of champagne. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I don't know. I, I could do that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really understand like there's there's not a lot of good things that can go go right. Uh, there's plenty that can go wrong. Best case scenario, you have opened a bottle <laughs> of champagne and spilled it like a decent amount. Yeah. I don't know, like a lot spills every time. I mean, and I've seen the ones where everyone's like, "Woo, they did it!" Like it, it seems like they know what they're looking for. They've seen what they're looking for. It's been accomplished, and there is champagne all over the floor. The entire champagne culture seems a little fucked up. Like at most, when people drink champagne, they're drinking like sixty percent of the bottle. There's yeah. always spillage, champagne. and like champagne really like plays up that spillage. You're like. Yeah. Shake us up, spray us around, uh, what do is, it. What does Sammy Paradise say? I want a bottle of your finest champagne. Just shake it up and let and <laughs> and let it spill all over the floor. This place could use a little grease. <laughs> yes, sir, Mister Perry, Mister Paradise, and just uh, pour it all over the floor. It's very stupid. Have you ever been to Maine Brewing Company? Yes, good place, awesome yeah. place. One yeah. of my favorite Maine breweries. Uh, an issue I have with it, though, it's so clean and it's so nice in there that I always think of Sammy Paradise. I'm like, there needs to be somebody <laughs> whose job it is to just walk around, spill a little beer on just, the floor. Just go up to the to the bar, and be like, let me get a let me get a pour of your shittiest right. IPA. It's not good when you're at a brewery that doesn't smell like spilled. Like there's, it's supposed to smell yeah. like beer on clothes. I don't brewery. want my breweries or my bars to be super clean. And Maine, do you agree, though? Maine Brewing Company is, like, pretty spotless. Maine Brewing Company, though... It ha- is that what's called? Maine Beer Company? Maine, Maine Beer Company. Okay. Maine Beer Company. Uh, they, they like, have that sort of, like, pristine, sort of clean yeah. image, though. So I think that it kind of works. Right, because it's, like, not right downtown. It's not in Portland. You got to... It's, like, it, it's like going to the mall, but for beer. And I would say they're, like, an upscale clean. brewery. It is. You get the pizza there? No. They got pizza there. Just get lunch. It's great. Ooh, maybe a little dinner. Yep. I had sec. Uh, my friend got me a uh, second dinner for uh, Christmas, and it was Ooh. wonderful. You I got like- me Julius for Christmas, and I have to thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Because uh, Julius is like one of my 
favorite beers now. Top five beer in the it's world. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah, Top five it's so beer. good. Um, and it was funny because I went back and I listened to uh, last year's year in review, and we talked about uh, Treehouse mm-hmm. and how it's in Western Massachusetts, and how yes. we both have no interest in going. Oh, there. really? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I could totally see that being like uh, uh, both of us being on record of absolutely no interest. It can't be worth. Well, it. it's in Western Mass, so and I mean, it really. It isn't worth it. Yeah. Like, nothing is worth it. But I've heard that the lines, go, the lines are, are not as bad anymore. Like, somebody said that they it's went... Like an and hour like, and a half when I went recently. Like, that's yeah. like half of what people said that it used to be. Yes, yes, yes. That so, used to be your day. Absolutely not. Between Two hours to drive there, there and three hours in line? No, thank you. Between driving... Yeah, when, when I go, I'll go on a day I'm working and... I'll leave at like 10 in the morning or something and I'll be back in time to change my clothes and then go to work. But that's like what I did during the day. But man, Treehouse, Treehouse is outrageous. Julius is great. They had uh Julius, which they some of their beers they do like different um uh renditions or whatever, different like remix. Right, like they kind of r- 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 remix it. It's like Sprite re- Sprite remix. Yes. Do you ever have Tropical Sprite Remix? Yeah. That was great. Sprite Remix is good, like, in general. Do they still... Do they just have a non-tropical one? I don't know. The when, regular Remix was... Wasn't that just regular? Or is it always fr- tropical? So the first... I believe the first Remix of Sprite... We can look this up. <laughs> I believe the first Remix of Sprite... Sprite Remix History. Uh Sprite Remix was first introduced in the U.S. in 2003, so this sounds like it would have been the tropical one. Um, Yeah, it was tropical, and that was good. So there was tropical, there was berry clear, and there was Aruba Jam. Oh, I don't know if I had. I'll be honest. I don't think I had berry clear. I think I just had the the first one. Tropical? Yeah. It was good. That's like the OG Sprite Remix. It was Sprite that tasted like sour Skittles, right? Yes, yeah. (laughs) You were like, I'm I'm going to die if I keep drinking this, but it's so good. That, That stuff was Burp City, man. Yeah. I'm... I'm of the type that if something makes me burp, I'm careful with it because I'm not yeah. trying to burp and be rude. Mm-hmm. But man, that came out in 2003. It's like drinking a sour I was born kid. in '88, so I, <laughs> my kids my age were having a lot of fun with Tropical Sprite Remix. Speaking of the uh, of last year's year in review episode, that was the episode in which I stated my New Year's resolution or my New Year's goal for 2019, which was to see. 365 new movies. Oh yeah, how'd that go? We can uh we can drop in the the clip here. It's not it's not necessarily a new, a new year's resolution. It's I posed it that way. Absurd it's, goal. It is an absurd goal. And I I recognize that it is absurd and lofty and I'm still going to drag you for it. So don't don't probably don't unattainable to it anymore. Okay. Uh my goal for the new year for 2019 is to watch 365 movies that I have never seen before. What an idiot. Why? First of all, we're probably all going to be dead within a week. No way you're going to be able to pack We said in. that 2 years ago. It is absurd that we're not all dead yet. <laughs> but uh even if you are to live through the whole year, you would fall behind that so quickly. Like you would maybe do a Probably. movie a day uh, for two days, and then you get a little ambitious. Then you watch two movies, and you'd be like, "Man, I'm ahead of schedule." Then you take a little break. Next thing you know, three weeks in, you've seen like eight movies, and you are way behind. And you could just never make it up. You would have to spend days upon days of not sleeping and watching <laughs> movies. And you can't really binge movies. That's the no, thing. You can't. It's so yeah. much easier to binge. Tell you can watch eight hours of TV like that, but four movies back to back. That is 
I got to tell you, a thousand percent correct on all points by you. It's exactly what I happened. haven't heard it yet, but I'm knowing nailed it, Dave. Yeah, it's it's you said. Did I dismiss it immediately? Well, yeah, you dismissed it it like you laughed at me right off the bat, but you explained exactly how it was going to go (laughs) and like how it was going to fall apart. You're like, you're going to feel good for like a month or two. You're going to fall a little bit behind. And then there's going to be one week where you're just you're not you just don't watch any. And then all of a sudden you look and you're like 15, 16 days behind and you're never going to get that back. Yeah. How could you catch? How could you uh, catch up to that? Yeah. So that's exactly what happened. Uh, My final count was 131 movies that I had never seen before in 2019, which, honestly, still kind of proud of that. That's a lot of movies. How many movies? 131. 131 that you hadn't seen before. Hadn't seen before. 131. Knocked off some classics. Felt yeah. pretty good about that. Uh, 58 new movies. 58, like, 2019 50, 58 movies? 2019 releases. Okay, so I'm at... Uh, let me see. I think I'm at exactly 50 2019 movies. What have I seen since we last spoke? I'm at 49. So I've probably seen maybe 60 movies that I hadn't seen before. I don't know. I probably saw 10 to 20 uh, more ones, including the other day I saw on TV The Ugly Truth, which if anybody hasn't seen that, I was texting you as I was watching it. (laughs) I was perplexed by this movie. This was the most sexist movie, like offensively sexist type of thing where you think man they would never make that today oh could you believe they were able to make that in 1991 yikes that was really (laughs) the apex of bad times and it came out in 2009 (laughs) it came out right before people were like yo let's not be sexist and that was but the real twist the last like one of the last really sexist things they snuck in was like the most sexist (laughs) thing i've ever seen in my life but the real twist there is that that movie was written by three women that's crazy. It's insane. Three women wrote that, man. I watched the first 25 <laughs> I minutes read of that. It. I see that Gerard movie. Butler being <laughs> a monster. Like Gerard Butler, he's like a, he's like a professional sexist. Right. And I know that he's just acting. I don't know Gerard Butler. I don't know what kind of person he is. I know that if he's any human at all, he was like going to these to the people who wrote this movie and like asking for rewrites and saying I'm not I can't I know that I'm acting, but I'm not, I will not say these. I'm not going to slap my coworker's ass while <laughs> telling her how to get laid and like. I mean, he, it it really runs the gamut on yeah, everything. He, he is sexist. legitimately like a prof- he's a paid professional sexist in that movie. Uh, I I'd seen it before. I went and I watched the. Uh, I mean, read the re- Wikipedia after you were talking about it, and man, it doesn't read well either. Oh man, it's very stupid. It was brutal. I uh, I did just you, had so many thoughts, and it was it was tough. Did you see? Uh, did you you saw Uncut Gems? Did you see Little Women? No, I okay. can't. Yeah, yeah. Because all, all right. the fucking little women don't have school, so they're going to the movie theaters it's now. True. Thank uh, God for the AMCA list app. Last, I feel like last year maybe ah, it was probably just when we were getting it, but um, you couldn't tell. It couldn't dawn. It didn't dawn on you that it was school vacation. Until you showed up at the theater and it was overflowing with people and you were like, oh no, God. But at least with this, I get my tickets a a day or two before. So I would go on the app to get my Little Women tickets. And for every show, it would say almost full. And I realized, stupid vacation, I'm not going. So I've I've also had just a a stupid busy week. Haven't been able to see it. I'm going to see it at some point. 
next week, hopefully before we record next week. Uh, do you want to talk about Uncut Gems a little bit after uh, after we get to the um, the year interview awards? Shoot, let's talk about Uncut Gems now. All right, but before that, let's hit uh, a quick ad read. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite sponsors, personally, uh, Warby Parker. They are the leader in men's and women's eyewear. I don't even know if they market themselves as that, but you know what? I'm going to tell it to you. They are because I love them. I wear their glasses all the time. They sent me. Uh, they sent me. They sent me contacts. They do contacts now. So glasses and contacts. They both got me covered. Um, their glasses start at ninety five dollars, including prescription lenses. Those lenses include anti glare and anti scratch coatings. Uh, if you need help, you can take their quiz and answer a few quick questions, and they'll suggest some great-looking glasses that are totally personalized to your fit and style. They'll also give you a free home try-on, which sends you five pairs of glasses, and you try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. You can find out which ones look good on your face, which ones match your style, match your vibe. It's a really cool program that allows you to kind of experiment with uh, with a bunch of styles. So you can order five pairs, try them on for five days, Blah, blah, blah. There's free sh- uh, pre- a prepaid return shipping label. It's super easy. You can go to warbyparker.com slash brunch and take that quiz and order your free home try-on. And now they have Scout. Those are the contacts. Scout by Warby Parker are comfortable, breathable, and affordable daily contact lenses. They're made from super moist material that resists drying and lasting uh Resist drying for lasting hydration and comfort. There's nothing worse than wearing a pair of contacts that dries in your eyes and bugs you all day. Um, so you can order a trial pack of Scout. That's six days worth of contacts for only five bucks. And then you receive five bucks off your next Warby Parker order. Uh, learn more about that by going to warbyparker.com slash brunch. Order the free home try-on program or request a trial of Scout contact lenses for just five bucks by going to warbyparker.com slash brunch. Speaking of eyewear, check out what I wear. Oh, shit. DJ's wearing a pair of brunch sweatpants. That was the first time I've seen those in the wild. And these are great. They look awesome. They, what are, they, are they joggers or sweatpants? They're like jogger sweatpants. They got the elastic on the They're bottom. They're terrific. Yeah, check them out. You got a, a great casual fit going on I right know, now. and it was very accidental. You got a nice red sweater. Yeah. He's got a great New England Revolution. What, what do we call that? Not a beanie, but like a, I think like a, a palm Like palm a toque? Hat. A toque, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, uh, and then you got the brunch sweatpants, which look great. They look like nice little joggers. They and then do fit. What yeah. sneakers are those, you sneakerhead? Just some <laughs> fit check. <laughs> fit check's back. Uh, just some Jordans. Nice. Some red Jordans look, that you, I've had forever. Look very wintry. Yeah, cool. Check out me out in the out in the wild. And so, that's a fit check brought to you by brunch. Yo, I recommend those. I recommend these. I just ordered them just kind of like as a quality control thing. Like, hey... I've been saying these look cool. People should get them. Maybe I should get them and see if they're any good. And they're so much better than I expected. They rule. These are now my favorite like casual pants. And most of my pants are just casual pants. Okay, so uh, listen to brunch.com slash merch. Also, another plug. Uh, Jeff Israel has started a, an I Think You Should Leave hockey, hockey page that's at NHL Leave. It's called I Rink You Should Leave. His genius <laughs> friend helped him think of that name. Nice. Uh, that is Shout it's out perfect. to my guy, uh, Ryan Perry, my former boss at Uproxx. He runs yes. 
He runs, uh, what is it? Uh, I think you should leak pass. Yeah, yeah. Which same. right now probably challenges Seinfeld 2000 it's as so the good. most indispensable yeah. Twitter account. So follow those things. If you don't, th- if you don't follow, I think you should leak pass. Then you're you're nuts. A big dummy. I, I mean, every time Jokic does anything, I sprint to see <laughs> the that fat piece of shit made you look like a fool, Charlie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if, while we're giving shout-outs, big shout-out to Imagine Dragons for the three biggest songs of the decade. Yes. The three biggest rock and roll songs right. of you the decade. Boys, you plugged in those amps, you cranked them to 11, you stepped on those distortion pedals, and you rocked. Oh, yeah. Way to They rock. said rock and roll was dead. Imagine Dragons said, imagine these dragons Way to rock, on boys. Your nuts and face. Do you know that uh, one of the staples of Time Crisis is defending Imagine Dragons? Really? Like, in all seriousness, they, I don't think either of them like Imagine Dragons music, but they think that people are just way too mean to Imagine Dragons, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, yeah, it, it's like Imagine Dragons is like Budweiser, where it's like. Yeah. It's, it's like generic it's, and it's, whatever yeah. you can get it, and you sort you sort of ha- you don't have to like love it, but you have to respect the consistency and the rate at and, which they put out hits. And you have to know, and it's, it's there, it, and it goes great with sports. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It is Budweiser. Yeah, their thing is like they they really want to get Matt Healy and uh, Imagine Dragons in a room and get Matt Healy to apologize to them for being so mean. And I I ultimately agree with that. Like we we've had a lot of fun with Imagine Dragons, but I mean, I'm on record yeah. of thinking you know, like I Radioactive, yeah. I think it's like a genius pop song. Yeah. It's a that's a great production, really good song. You know who hates Imagine Dragons? A uh, lot of people. Yes, but uh, one of a person that we're big fans of, uh, Tim Riggins himself, Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch does. Oh, really? Yes, I sat. Oh, and you were eavesdropping sat, on them? Yes, I sat next to him at the uh, NHL Skills Competition, and they kept playing uh, because it was in Tampa Bay. So okay. they kept playing Thunder, and he was like, "This fucking song." Oh. Man, not a big fan. I think it's pretty cool to uh, be the two people that were immune to getting sick of Thunder. I don't know if we were immune. We just like got ahead of it. We just chose like, (laughs) well, it's probably going to keep happening. Let's just really lean into this. That's crazy. Somebody recently retweeted the uh, Thunder, but all the lyrics are just a young gun. That was was 2017. I know. That was 2017. Been around for a while, That was like a while into us doing Thunder stuff. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's get into the year interview stuff. No Uh, one cut gems? We'll do that after year interview stuff. I think that the year interview is going to be the meat of this episode. Okay. So, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start top to bottom? You want to start with uh, the easy ones? Yeah, let's do the easy ones. All right. Favorite movie? Favorite movie of 2019 that should not shock you, uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon for me. I thought about it, and I thought about giving some ties. I was going to do uh, maybe a Knives Out Midsommar tie, maybe a few different ties I could have done. I just think for the purposes of this podcast, got to go Midsommar. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I think that those are probably expected picks from mm-hmm. both of us. Just the, if anybody who knows me and knows that I love delightful movies, like it's... Light. The, Keep them light, baby. Yeah. Just the fluff when you think, sandwich. When you think about like my my greatest hits, like yeah. it's Chef, 
Paddington 2, yeah. and now the Peanut Butter Falcon thrown in that mix. So that I showed my parents that... uh, Peanut Butter Falcon on Christmas Eve, Ooh. and they both loved it. My mom really loved it, and my mom is now recommending that movie to people left and right. Hell yeah. They thought that everybody was, was great in it, and they were. Uh, here's a, We're going to sneak in a little uh, other can, uh, category. Most surprising candidate for favorite movie, Cold Pursuit, <laughs> because I thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I would say the Peanut Butter Falcon is the most surprising for me because, That's, like, yeah. it's also a big reason why I love this movie so much because it's really good, but also Came nobody's nowhere. ever heard of it. Yeah. And so when you tell them to go watch it and they love it, they're like, wow, this guy's a movie genius. He knows this movie that nobody's ever heard of. So, uh, big fan of that. Favorite song? Haven't talked about, haven't talked about too much music on the podcast this year, but if you've been around me in any way you it's know it's an alex that, cameron song what's that it's an alex cameron song no damn it it's uh it's harmony hall by vampire okay. weekend i think that is that is legitimately one of my favorite songs ever that song that production is just an absolute masterpiece i can and have listened to it one bajillion times i love everything about it i love danielle <laughs> heim singing on it I love Dave Longstreth from uh, Dirty Projectors singing on it. I love the pedal steel solo. That song just does everything. It scratches every possible itch. It's got like that 90s, you're unbelievable kind of feel to it. Every like Vampire Weekend's best song. And I think Father of the Bride was Vampire Weekend's best album. I think that it should, will not win album of the year. What is your favorite song? Uh, this also probably isn't much of a surprise. It's Carly Rae Jepsen's song. I'm going with Too Much off, oh, okay. of, uh, off of her latest album. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm out on music, man. I think, yeah, I'm, you, I think you, I'm just retiring have, from music. Hey, good. I put in my years, don't, man. Don't, don't let it defeat you. Yeah. Say you quit. Yeah. Uh, I put in my years. I was a music guy for a little while. I tried. I did. I have had a hard time the, making the, the top 50 playlist. I used to have to whittle it down like crazy. Mm. And now I'm like, I got to think of 50 songs. Have, so- I, learned, have, have, have I, I listened, listened to 50 <laughs> songs this year? How many songs is that Vampire Weekend album? Dude, my, had? Like 2019, my 2019 uh, like Apple Music collection yeah. was like just the songs that I had listened to in the past two weeks. It was like, oh, I guess we'll fucking just pick these ones. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not not the biggest music guy anymore. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, my favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song of the year. Not the biggest music guy anymore. <laughs> that should be a shirt. We could sell that to old white dudes like crazy. <laughs> oh, true. man. Sell that. We, we we got people in mind, but we can sell that to a few people. That <laughs> not the biggest music guy anymore. It would go great with uh, being ju- thundered. It'll look just like the I wish my band had a seamstress yeah. shirt. Say not the biggest music guy anymore. Okay, most surprising candidate for favorite song. That one from Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek. <laughs> or, uh, uh, ready or not. <laughs> That song went. That song actually was was a jam. That song didn't need to go that hard. And they made it for that that movie, didn't they? Yes. What the? And May, how I did think they so. not like? I think that it was made for that yeah. movie. Because I think whoever saying that not get like a deal. <laughs> <laughs> how did they not like make that the main marketing tool of that movie? Just make a music video for that. All right. Uh, how, how about this one? Uh, Great achievement in not putting out an album this year. Oh, we're, you're jumping to that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, we thought about this one. We have yeah. uh, discussed it together. It is Father John Misty because mm. 
For the first time in three years, Father John Misty did not put out an album. Apologies to annual winner of this award, mm-hmm. Heim. It's basically like the Heim Appreciation Award. Right. And this year, they got jacked from me. Being like, hey, you didn't put out an album, but we're still crazy obsessed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just a runaway winner there. Um, worst movie of the year should be a very worst easy movie one. of the year is Cats, yep. and that leads us to most bullshit thing: Cats swooping in at the eleventh hour and stealing worst movie from the kitchen. The kitchen being the worst movie would have been fun. It would have been like the snowman being the worst movie. Just like horrible. What the hell? Oh my God. Someone thought it was a good idea to make this movie. Wait, did they even make the whole movie? Turns out, wait, actually they didn't. Cats is just Cats a is top like to bottom piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it is like, so it's not even fun for that to be the worst. People, one of my friends saw it yesterday and he texted me and he was like, Oh, dude, I at least thought that like I would have fun with how bad this movie was. No. Yeah. It's not, nothing good. Nothing fun, nothing good. It's like if you had like a cooking competition and you had somebody who was just like so inept in the kitchen that like they, which not even, not even like I wasn't even trying to make that pun, but Nailed it, buddy. it's somebody so inept at making something in the kitchen, but they're trying and you're just like, oh no, yeah. this is going to be terrible. And you're like, this person's definitely going to lose. And then somebody else just comes in and takes a big Right, there's like, oh, here's my dinner. Right. And you're like, that's you're like, not your voice. But you have to give yeah. the worst dinner to that person. Right, because they did it <laughs> yeah. so much worse. So, that, so. that I do, are, do you agree, though? It's kind of annoying that Cats ends up being the bad thing. Because that was. Yeah, but I also. like The it, kitchen tried and had like a lot of moments where I was yeah. like. Wait, what is this? I was like, I was laughing a couple times during that. But ma, I but, was in disbelief a couple times. But I do like, I do get some satisfaction from cats being so bad, just based off the fact that they had a hundred and seventy million dollar budget. They got stars. I mean, they paid they, for this distinction. <laughs> they, they, yeah, right? They're getting their money's worth if they want worse movie. And like the fact that that was okayed, and like. The studio was like, we're going to spend $170 million on this movie. They Mm -hmm. thought that it was going to be something. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Here's uh, an interesting one. Most okay movie. This is inspired from a tweet we saw. I loved your answer. You said it was uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm -hmm. Mine, I think, you might disagree with this. You might say this is too good of a movie for that. Rocketman? No. Okay. Ad Astra. Oh yeah, no. Ad Astro is uh, Ad Astro was thoroughly okay. I would say it was better than okay. It um, looked so good yeah, that I want to only, say it might yeah. be a little too good. for I think okay. the most okay movie of the year can't have anything spectacular about it. Anything right. at all, like no spectacular elements. Uh, As and, in, like something impressive, because Godzilla was obviously a spectacle, but there was nothing. That there was you nothing said, like, impressive. Oh, about this it. was so good about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ad Astro was a, was a very uh, stunning visual movie right so that might be and so. brad pitt was really good mm-hmm. so uh, it definitely doesn't fall under that for me for me it's godzilla uh, i just think that like godzilla was a very dumb movie but it was it was okay like that's fine you just got to watch a bunch of monsters fight for two hours and destroy shit so that's good enough for me uh best thing best thing my answer movies Movies were the best thing. We did a lot of movies. 2019. Yeah. And they, you got, you got okay movies. You got great movies. You mm-hmm. got fun movies. 
They knocked it across. And you got a and you got like a historically spectacularly bad movie. Yeah. So movies just hit all the check boxes in 2019. So that was the best thing about 2019 for me. I'm going uh, Harmony Hall. Okay. That song. <laughs> man. We you did best song, but we didn't do worst song. I have a worst song pick. Okay, what's a worst song? Uh the worst song of the year for me was Memories by Maroon 5. I don't know if I know that one. I'm you definitely know, know it. As soon as as soon as uh, it hits, you're gonna be like, "Oh no, this song." Ugh. Ugh. All right. Pull it. Yeah. So that's that's the entire song. Pull that's it. the entire song. Uh, and also extra points for like a terrible music video. It's just Adam Levine standing there and it's a one shot. But it's not a cool one shot. He's standing in place and it's just uh, the camera on his face the entire time. All right. Uh, worst thing? Did you say worst thing yet? Did not say worst thing. Mine might be controversial. Ooh. Uh, people ascribing stereotypes to whichever group of people they don't like but the stereotype they're ascribing is just a human quality like somebody being really condescending or somebody uh saying well actually like everybody does that that's not a like men do that or like white women do this or like there obviously there are some stereotypes like there are some stereotypes that this type of people is known to do this blah blah in most cases they're wrong and they're offensive but there's become a thing where like Whoever you're mad at, you can just say, oh, well, these type of people always do this. And it's something that literally everybody does. It's a very specific worst thing. It is. Well, I've seen, I saw a couple of them recently and I was like, it was somebody, it was uh, someone talking down to somebody and okay. I was like, what people, that's just a, I'm not, I'm not going to say which person they were saying was yeah. doing it, but I was that's like. something that all assholes do. That is right. That is something that. <laughs> Everybody does. Interesting. Okay. Uh, my worst thing. Slash Twitter. That was, that was an easier <laughs> okay. way of putting Twitter. Uh, my worst thing. I, I did a tie. <clears throat> First one, Jordan Bennington. That guy's the worst. He ruined my year. Right. Uh, and not that good. So, <laughs> like, literally, he could be the worst. Uh, and it's a tie with Jordan Bennington and uh, end of decade lists. Yeah. I was just very sick of end of decade lists. Not because, like... Not because you shouldn't do them. I think it's cool. But, Fun exercise. But like people were asking me for my end of decade list and <laughs> end of year list stressed me out too much. Right. At, times that by 10, you asking me that is giving me hives. Yeah. Please do not ask I me. did make a, an, a, a, an end of decade playlist that's on Spotify if you want to check that out. It's just 100 songs. I 100 is obviously small for... The 2010s, but you can go on there and check it out. I also started to work on... I was going to maybe do this for the blog, uh, for the brunch blog, or I could just make it a thread. I was going to do my favorite in-studio or like in-radio station performances of the 2010s. Because there are a lot of videos that I just go back and watch a lot of a band or an artist performing a specific song. And like... If you say a song I like, I can tell you which performance on YouTube 
is like my favorite one. And I started to, to put some together. There's a Howmouth one on there. There's a couple of Father John Misty ones on there. My favorite one is uh, Boy Genius one. So I've, I'm looking at it right now. I've, I've got it pretty much ready to go. So I should either make that a Twitter thread or a blunt brunch blog post. I'll probably just make it a Twitter thread because that'll be easier if anyone cares to do it. All uh, right. We got uh we got like one more like you want to do surprise good thing and then we get into like the real brunch ones, the real brunchy ones. Uh surprise good thing probably ready or not. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I'm that also was go- a good movie. That was like a solid movie, and that looked like it was supposed to be the stupidest movie in the world, and that was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I didn't have like very high expectations, but I don't think that it went high enough above my expectations yeah. for it to be like, ooh, this was a it was a, it was a nice surprise, like a but like C- not a huge surprise. It was like a C plus, and I was I, <laughs> I was assuming it was going to be like a fun D. Yeah, <laughs> that seems fair. Uh, for me, it is. Uh, I got. I, I don't want to keep doing ties, but like I couldn't decide between these two. Both movies. Number one, Aladdin. Aladdin was going to be, it would look like it was a disaster start to finish. Like it looked like the most uninteresting Disney that, uh, Disney remake that they were going to make, the Will Smith debacle. I might change my answer to that. Aladdin was a very, very good time. Aladdin rules. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, And it ties with uh, Shazam, which came out at the beginning of 2019. Which is when it's supposed to be real, the really bad stuff. Is supposed yeah, to be right. Yeah. And I never so, saw that. Shazam was a very fun comic book movie. Like, it wasn't great, but it, that one looked like it could have been quite bad. But I had a lot of fun with, uh, with Shazam. So those ones tie. Also, uh, another one that I considered very recently, The Two Popes on Netflix. I know that, like, everybody was saying it's a really good movie. But I got to tell you. I don't give a shit about religion. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about old people. I don't give a shit about uh, like the Catholic Church or popes or anything like that. That movie was awesome. It was uh, very, very interesting. All right. Let's get into the Quentin Tarantino, I Reject Your Hypothesis of the Year. I give that one to Jeff Lowe slobbing all over the Rocket Man soundtrack. <laughs> Every second he got, he told you how incredible the music was in the Rocket Man soundtrack. And I love Jeff. He's incorrect there. That soundtrack was mailed in. It wasn't very good. The movie was still solid. The movie was good to even very good. The soundtrack wasn't a reason it was good. Right. It, I suppose we should sp- uh, specify that the uh, the Quentin Tarantino I Reject Your Hypothesis Award yeah. goes to something or, or an idea that we disagree Just with. Just outright will not yeah. take for one It's second. basically like the bad take award. Right. Um, that, this is also the second year in a row on the brunch year in review in which you've singled out a member of the, the Lights, Camera, Barstool podcast. Really? What yeah. was it? Last year, you uh, you said your worst Twitter follower or something, or worst person was... Um, so it's probably or, Ken Jack? Uh, no, uh, public enemy number one was Ken Jack. Because I can't follow him on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still have him muted. Yeah. He sucks on Instagram. <laughs> I love that guy, but his Instagram—it's all TikTok. It's just all TikToks. I he don't want TikTok account. stuff. You should watch his. Per- you should follow his personal account. Um, yeah, I unfollowed the Sharon left me one. That, I, couldn't that do, one I couldn't do it anymore. Stinks. God. Um, my uh, my I reject your love hypothesis, you, Steve Dangle. But jeez, <laughs> my I reject your hypothesis was the uh, the idea that movies are too long. Which okay. came up a whole lot this year with uh, The Irishman. And it fits that it's a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. uh, award because Quentin Tarantino makes quite long movies. I'm of the opinion that 
Like, if you can make a very punchy 90-minute movie, God cr- points it, yeah. to you for that. But you know what? I think that your movie should be however long you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I will watch a two-hour and 30-minute movie. I'll movies watch a three-hour movie. Being too short. The uh, Black Mass case, yeah. case in point, they had to have it 90 minutes. Yeah. And as a result, you never really feel you got the kind of epic that that story should it, have been. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't give... Uh, the story, the respect, or the the time that it deserved. Right. So I think it can, a movie can suffer from being too short. A movie can suffer from being too long. I think that every movie should just try to be the best that it can be, mm. however long that might be. Uh, okay. How about Bad Guy of the Year? The nominees are Billie Eilish and Viking from Cold Pursuit. Mm. Who are we giving it to? Uh, I gotta. I mean. I don't. Ha- I don't get Billie Eilish, but I, I can't say that she. I know, like she is the bad guy, but I can't. I can't give it to her. I'm exposing over myself to more Billie Eilish now. I think that she's talented. I think that her brother Phineas is super talented. There's a video of. Uh, there's a video that Rolling Stone put out of those two just talking about how they wrote "Bad Guy," and you can. It kind of makes you understand. How two children made like a, a hit pop song. This kid Phineas is clearly like the the brains of the operation, and Billy's like the artist there, mm-hmm. and they seem to have this really really interesting dynamic. So I'm like, I'm I support it all, and I'm hey, good for you guys. I still I'm a little confused by Billy Eilish's speaking voice. She's like a Irish kid from California. And everyone in her family speaks like Irish people from California. And her speaking voice is like a scary monster. I'm not trying to be mean <laughs> to her, but I don't. I, I wonder, though, if like that's if like there's some sort of performance there. There's just like a lot of questions that you're left with uh, with Billie Eilish. But she's a super talented kid. Happy for her. I'm giving it to Viking from Cold Pursuit. Yeah, because that movie was <laughs> just a blast. <laughs> He's a terrible guy, but. His character, a great how, villain. How, however, th- that actor played that character, that voiceover voice he had on the whole time. Oh man, great job! Bad guy of the year, perfect, Viking. perfect fit for that movie. Um, the thanks for the content award, which was I was uh, Runaway, Midsommar, Midsommar. two thousand nineteen. Yeah. yeah, not even close. Um, so we got so much content out of Midsommar. Thank you, Midsommar. Uh, the bootleg actor of the year. Okay, for me, it's either bootleg Rob Hubel as the flower shop guy in Cold Pursuit, or bootleg Santa Claus as Santa Claus in Cold Pursuit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, who's yours? Mine is uh, bootleg Crazy Pigeon Lady in Let oh, It Snow. Of course. Played by a famous actress, yes. but still, she's bootleg pigeon lady. From, what's her name again? Uh, uh, what's uh, Joan, Cusack? Joan Cusack? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, shouts out to Let It Snow for uh, surprise good thing of the year. That's a potential th- uh, candidate. Uh, best thing the internet did its best to ruin. Mm-hmm. Tried its hardest to ruin. tried its hardest to ruin. I mean. Unless there's I'm not thinking of something, else. Joker. It's got to be Joker, right? That's a pretty good one. The internet really tried to ruin Joker. That's a pretty good one. My uh, my pick was Baby Yoda, but I think the Joker might be a be- better pick. Yeah, because like Joker was like legitimately. The internet was trying to harm. Can- it. it was trying to cancel it. I don't think that people it's, are- it's a very different way of of ruining. 
Like, yeah, you can ruin something by overdoing it, running yeah. it into the ground. But the internet was like, hey, we who haven't seen this movie are here to tell you that yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Uh, that's a very good pick. Very Two different directions there. Both good picks, I think. Um, so uh, we have uh, Brunch Public Enemy number one. I don't. You said that you have an answer. For I have this. one. I don't. So I'd, I'd like to hear yours. Uh, mine is will come off as uh, a big surprise to many. Taylor Swift, Why Public Enemy number one uh, in 2019. Number one, the Scooter Braun thing. We've we've gone back and forth yeah. about how that was that could have been easily avoidable. Yes. Purchase your masters weapon. Maybe don't weaponize social media. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, the album wasn't that good. It was a disappointing. Um, it was good. It had it, it had its had its has its ups. Yeah. But uh, number three, we kind of just wanted her to go away for for ten years. That's true. It could take a couple of Olympics off. Eight years. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, number four, she's in Cats. Ah, that's true. She contributed to one of the worst things to come out of 2019. So, oh, and that story of like, hey, I just wrote this Christmas song. Blah, blah, that's, that's true. Bullshit. Yeah. So, so like. A lot of things I'm that, with it. I mean, I still love Taylor Swift and hope all the best for her. But uh, like, I'm hoping that she's not Public Enemy number one next year. Yeah, that's true. Hope hope that you can turn things around there. Uh, let's see, uh, oh, most confounding line in a movie. So, <clears throat> a movie for me? that you think, or a line we think, someone said this. This is part of the movie. This is what are we doing here? So, uh, for me, you're not going to have any, uh, any idea what this one is because it's from Star Wars, the latest Star Wars. But there's a spy, Star Wars there's, a, from. there's a spy yeah. involved in the latest Star Wars. I'm not going to ruin it. No spoiler alert. Thank there's you. a spy involved in the latest Star Wars movie. And they talk about him a few points throughout the movie. And then the person clearly reveals themselves in like a very dramatic moment. It's like clearly reveals themselves as the spy. And then there's a moment where the line that gets delivered is, I'm the spy. Ooh. And in that moment, it was, for me, it was like, we fucking know. We just, we, we just saw it. Ah, so it was like in, uh, it was like in Let It Snow when the, the poor girl who's clearly closeted says at the end, <laughs> yes. hey, it's just that I'm not out of the closet. Yes. And, then like the music changes and everything, and you're like, "Wait, what? This is supposed to be a reveal?" <laughs> She's a gay person who's being super mean to other gay people. Yeah, but that that was like a build throughout the movie. Yeah, and like maybe you forgot or something that that she was closeted. Yeah, but this one it's like it, it's like a big reveal, and then it's like just in case you didn't catch that, Ugh. I'm the spy. You know? And so, so I was like, "Oh, come on!" Mine is also one of my favorite lines of the year, and you're probably going to pick up a theme. Uh, with oh, this God. one, Elway or Manning? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so? It's so Elway stupid. or Manning? What? Best quarterback of all time, John Elway or Peyton Manning? Uh, who does he say? Elway? I think he says. Man- like, I think he says Manning, doesn't he? I forget who he says, but no, it didn't matter. He was going to kill yeah. him either way. He says, it, and then he gets like blown away, like uh, like Toby in. In uh, Threat Level Midnight, his like, <laughs> head blows up a million times. All over that, a wedding of course, dress. Yes, that, of course, being from Cold Pursuit. 
Um, the best moment of 2019, which is not what you might think it is. Yes. Oh, I think we agree wholeheartedly here. Best moment of 2019. Want to say it on three? Yes. One, two, three. three. Ludwig Göransson. Yes. No. I had somebody else. I had somebody, oh, what? I had a tie between two other people. But Ludwig Göransson did have a moment. He's had a moment. Was having a moment in 2019. But that was very close. Actually... I, w- I kind of want to disqualify that answer because Ludwig Göransson was having a moment in 2019 because of the work that he did in 2018. Au contraire, but he but a lot of stuff came out in 2000. True, he did the sound he did the soundtrack for Mandalorian. Oh d- yes, he d- I knew he did something else. He also yeah. did one of the songs on Father of the Bride. Okay, yeah, so he's I mean, he, I mean he's still doing good stuff, but his moment didn't come. His moment came in 2019, but because of the work that he did in 2018. So I, I mean, if you think about that. it, his moment started in like 2012, whenever, <laughs> like whenever Heim made Forever. Like that's when like the beginning of the moment should have happened. Yeah, but that's the that's the thing about having a moment. It's having Everything, a moment is like a, like deserved that you didn't get right. beforehand. Yeah, it's like this has been early life to you achievement for a, award. Yes. Um, so mine. It's a tie. I, I can't pick between these two people because they both had spectacular moments in 2019. It's a dry, uh, it's a it's a tie between Adam Driver mm-hmm. and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Driver's been Driver's been a moment though, man. That dude's been a moment for a while. No, he's been building towards having his moment for a while, but now, especially with Marriage if you, Story, if you've been hot shit, you have to go away. To qualify for having a moment. And I would say that Adam Driver has been hot shit since, I don't know, like 2017, something like that. But he was like, he was like B-ish level hot shit. Oh, I don't know, man. I think, I think that he was when like was the, when was the When shit. the last Star Wars come out? No, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, a, it was a few years ago. Yeah. Like three, four years ago. But like, that was his this like. because I want to put out a poll that says how long has Adam Driver been hot shit? But everyone, because they're going to think they're tough, yeah. is going to vote for the earliest choice to be like, I've always known Adam Driver was hot shit. But I would say but that it's Adam Driver has been a hot different shit kind for a while. Of, it's a different kind of hot shit where like it's you recognize I that mean, he's, he's a plus he's a, now. He's, he's a good actor. Now he's recognized as like one of the best actors right. in Hollywood and can do it in a movie like Marriage Story or a movie like The Report. And he was really good in The Report too. So like he had three of the biggest movies of the year out all at the same time. I would say that uh, more deserving of Adam Driver for a moment is uh, Stephen Sondheim. I saw some uh, John Norris. Do you remember John Norris? No. He was an MTV VJ? No. I got in a little Twitter argument with him Ooh. recently, so then I gave him a follow. Um, <laughs> As one does. <laughs> yeah. He said, like, whoa, Stephen Sondheim's, uh, the score of Stephen Sondheim's uh, company is really having a moment, huh? And I responded to him. I was like, sure is. That's the song. Uh, Being Alive is the song that he yeah. sang in that. So I, I don't know. I agree that I mean Adam Driver is hot as shit right now, but I don't I don't know if he qualifies for a moment because the moment's been happening for so long. Here's uh, the next one. Uh, I got best brunch segment or topic. I'm going where y'all sitting. Oh, that's a that's a good one. I liked where y'all sitting. I think uh, I think you're gonna change your pick once I uh, highlight mine. Okay, Gloria. Oh yeah, Gloria was That blows everything else out of the water. Like we were on yeah. ESPN.com. Yeah. We made it because of Gloria. Yeah. The uh, where y'all sitting was just like 
a really good, fun 10-minute chunk of nonsense to begin. That, that, I'll say that that was probably my favorite beginning of an episode where y'all okay. sitting. That's, I, I think that could also fall into like the, be, like the biggest surprise yeah. success uh, segment. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I liked for a little while after that, people uh, from time to time would refer to brunch as the buzz. And I love that. I'm a big fan. I of that. love the buzz as like a lightly used shirts. other. Like, hey, wait! You just said said this joke. You don't listen to the buzz, do you? Hell yeah! I'm a bruntouchable. I'm always listening to the buzz. Hell yeah! I love that. Uh, most pointless cameo, 2019. I think I know who you're gonna pick. I didn't have an answer for this. Mm. Well, what should I have picked? Uh, Action Bronson and the Irishman. Oh, yes. That's the answer. Uh, I picked Gary Glitter's uh, Rock and Roll Part 2 in Joker. Yeah. <laughs> because why the fuck do you need to keep using that song? I know. That song. Like, I know that he doesn't get royalties and shit anymore. Has been like, over for a while. Gary Glitter is in prison for child sex crimes. Please stop putting it. You could literally put any song there. Yeah. And it would have been like a, the exact same moment in that movie. Uh, best new movie we hadn't seen. I'm not giving it to The Ugly Truth. I might give it to. I could maybe give it to The King of Comedy or um, what else? The King of Comedy. Or what did I see recently? When Harry Met Sally. That movie wasn't so bad. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Schindler's List. Oh, because... I haven't seen that. Oh, really? No. Well, dedicate four hours of your life. It's a great movie. What awesome. else do we have? Uh, the best achievement in crying, which last year was used as like the thing that made us cry. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't think a movie made me cry this year. One did. At least one did, and I'm going. Oh, to you got say, marriage. You yeah, got marriage my story. my answer to best achievement in crying is everyone who saw Marriage Story because I don't know anyone who saw it without crying. Yeah, so I did. Good for you. Yeah, uh, for me, it's Florence Pugh in Midsommar. That oh yeah, scene of her crying. Yeah, the group cry session. That was a, that was a, the achievement in crying in 2019. We should do instead of like a Bros self care night, which we've kicked around from time to time. We yeah. should have like a Bros group cry night. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so much fun. I'm a big fan of that idea. Uh, the best shot-for-shot remake of a Norwegian Norwegian revenge movie about a killer snowplow driver. Definitely. I mean, if you've heard me so far, you know that I'm going to lean Cold Pursuit on that one. It was a close call, but I think I got to go Cold Pursuit as well. Um, Has everyone... I, I wish that like every now and then, like maybe once every five episodes, we could just press a button to get like an audience response. Like that I could press a button right now and just be like... You guys have all seen Cold Pursuit by now, like right? A phone, like a phone a friend. Right. Everybody's just like, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Because I, I just want to make sure that you guys have all seen Cold Pursuit. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, um, we're running a little short on time. But before we uh, pivot to Uncut Gems, did you see the Mulaney uh, I, I thing? Did. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was, I was very encouraged by it. I think that... It wasn't knock your socks off good, but like it, it wasn't... That, uh, it was better than everything else he's been doing recently, yeah, and true. I would I would say that and that had mo- the most potential to fail. Right, I am a big John Mulaney fan, and I don't think that the stuff he's done the last I don't know five years has been good. I think it's been a long time since he's done anything good. So yeah. I'm encouraged to see that he just did something super self indulgent that was weird and. Was it the be- was was it new in town? No, because there's only one new in town. New in town is iconic. But I would say that this is the second best thing of all of his specials. Of of uh, I mean, Mulaney obviously was a a bit of a failure, but of all things he's done, 
This is number two for me. And, or s- since leaving SNL. Yeah. And big shocker, uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal skit was the best. Yes, although I, I loved the... Uh, I liked the... Uh, Mike Flynn, the former uh, NFL offensive lineman, he does some media stuff, and one of his kids is like this Broadway actor. And that was the kid who sang the song about grandma having a boyfriend. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I was, wa- I was watching it, and I was like, why does this kid look familiar? And who is this kid? Also, this kid is unbelievable. And I was like, what kids do I know? And I was like, oh, I bet Pete's this is... the only is... kid I know. Right. I was like, oh, you know what? I bet this is... Because I had seen in the news that that kid was uh, cast in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical. So okay. I was like, oh, it's that kid. He's incredible. I thought that was really good. I thought the David Byrne sketch was yes. hilarious. So so random. <laughs> Perfect for him. Perfect for him. I, I thought that was very it's good. an old guy who hates volcanoes. Not A+, plus, but like really weird. And I think that Mulaney, who is just so talented and so great, probably saw like, hey, this is weird. Now, like Tim Robinson is kind of passing me by by just kind of being the weirdo that he is yeah. so this was john mulaney being the weirdo that he is and i thought that was really good so yeah. i recommend that now uncut gems holy shit uncut gems that's not going to get any favorite movie nods it's no. not going to get any loved uh, so i put out my favorite my top 10 favorite of the year and i still a lot, gotta f- and a i know i don't like doing that by the way hmm? i don't i saw that you did that and i saw other people were doing that don't do just wait till the oscars yeah but it's different come out yet it's different and, yeah. And I did my favorite of 2000, 2019. Okay. So, like, it's it's different. I, I'll save my best for the Oscars discussion. Get my favorites out of the way at first. So I okay, did my so favorites. favorites. Yes, did my favorites. And Uncut Gems wasn't in there, and people were like, where's Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems is a great movie. It is not one of my favorite movie. You're a my, fucking weirdo. It's not my favorite movie because it's not an enjoyable watch. Same reason that Joker didn't even come close to sniffing my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, an uncomfortable... Uh, very stressful, yes, panic-inducing watch for all the right reasons. Yes, it was the most intentionally noisy thing yes. I've ever seen. There's always the soundtrack some, was crazy. There's always some sort of noise. There's always an argument. There's never a second to think. Uh, we'll do a spoiler, I guess. The bad boys of podcasting are about to unleash spoilers for the 2019 film Uncut Gems. If you have not seen the movie and do not want it spoiled for you, then don't continue listening, you big dumb idiot. Back in their more hardcore days, the boys may not have even included a warning like this. Like that time they took a shit on every Walking Dead fan who hadn't seen an episode that aired like 8 hours before the podcast was released. Remember that? They put Glenn and Abraham's name in the title. That was some hilarious shit. Anyway, please don't listen beyond this point if you don't want to find out Adam Sandler's character dies at the end of Uncut Gems. Have a nice day. When he dies at the end, you should be able to see that coming. You should be able to see... Well, he's probably going to get himself killed because this guy is constantly robbing Peter to pay Paul. He's living very recklessly. He's going to get himself killed. When he died, I grabbed my face in disbelief because I didn't have one half second that entire movie to think. That's crazy that they could give you a very obvious thing for that storyline, but you you seriously haven't had a second to think, oh, this is where this is probably going. That is the most... You said stress-inducing. That's exactly it. So stressful, but great. Very well executed. I thought that Sandler was great. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield was... I I went into that movie assuming Adam Sandler was going to be good, but I'm still going to come away from it thinking that he couldn't hold a, a, a light to... Uh, hold a candle to Lakeith Stanfield because I think that Lakeith Stanfield is like the most versatile actor 
of today. And Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler was great right yeah. there with him. I thought, I thought Lakeith Stanfield was great. I don't think this was necessarily his best performance, but Sandler was awesome. Mm-hmm. KG had a really good scene Surprisingly in the office. Good. Yeah. I really no complaints. And then this kid is going to be a star. Uh, Julia Fox. Is Julia that her Fox. Name? Yeah. She's I mean, everybody has her earmarked to take off. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if she did. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Adina Menzel, too. Yes, uh, it was great, very, very good, very just good like, scene at the at the just uh, the coldest to like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. will stab you right in the heart. Like the scene where she tells basically tells him to go fuck himself. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that was so good. Yeah, um, that was a that that makes a like a, it's for sure in my top five, top ten, uh, Oscar quality movies. Yeah, I I I mean. If maybe directing, like if I think the directing w- was unbelievable, yeah. and all the choices that they made in that movie, and I, obviously the performances carried it pretty pretty hard as well. I mean, like even the 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 henchman, like yeah, the big henchman with the uh, like the thing on his neck that made me stressful. Yeah, I was like, I, I should get that thing on his neck checked out. Uh, and you know, he, what was even cool he about was great. It starts. This had to have been by design. The movie starts with a colonoscopy. Yeah, and then gets unpleasant from there. <laughs> That's so true. So I, I saw somebody point that out. Like, it's wild, that wild peaceful. that, like, yeah, like, the most at peace you are the entire movie is a colonoscopy at the beginning. And it's, like, a 10-minute colonoscopy scene, which is interesting because yeah. it starts off with, like, a very drawn-out 10-minute scene of a colonoscopy, basically. And then from there, it's, like, yes, just keeps non-stop. hitting you. Non-stop. So. Absolute pedal to the metal. I it, it was it's unlike other movies I've seen. That was a yeah, very unique a, movie. Absolutely. And it and like the things that it accomplished, like the biggest the biggest part of that movie was a bet on a sports game that happened 7 years ago right. and by the end of it I felt like I had $40,000 yes. on that game that already happened. I knew the ending to. Right. Like fucking it drove me insane. Nothing gave me worse anxiety than when he put uh, when he included the opening tip in yes, uh, yeah. parlay, because you don't I was know like, what "Oh my yeah. fucking god, dude!" Like that. That just showed that there was no strategy to this. No, this guy was a, a crazy, crazy person. person. And if he had one, and if he had lived to get that money, he would have been in just as bad a situation within a day, yeah. two, three. He would have bet that all on like a fifty-five team parlay and done something stupid so that was I a mean, great movie i did find it very very funny i know it's not funny but like I, I i found it very very funny that the entire movie is like a two-hour stress ride of just you waiting for something good to happen to this guy and like every time it looks like something's gonna go his way it doesn't and then something finally goes his way and he gets shot in the face immediately two seconds later i thought that was quite funny in hindsight and again you don't have time to think when you're watching it, like, oh, we should do this, he should do that. Like, he should have been more careful but letting those letting guys, those guys in yeah. after that. He just locked them in there to sweat. Uh, someone brought this up. Well, my coworkers, I agree. He said, like, if there were like a final spot situation with best actor nominees, Adam Sandler should get Joaquin Phoenix's spot for Joker. Wait, you think so? Yeah. And I thought that Joaquin Phoenix was really good in Joker. But like, as far as like becoming this weirdo character, yeah, Adam Sandler did that expertly. I, I also I also agree. Um, maybe in the sense that like, 
I'll give it like the Norris treatment where it's like, uh, these guys are pretty close, but you know what? Yeah. It's this guy's year. It's this guy's turn. Yeah, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix has been there before, so I'm going to give it to, to Sandler. But yeah, if I had to give him the spot, I might I might pick Sandler. I don't know. It's tough because Joaquin Phoenix was so fucking good in Joker, too. Yeah. It's, it was, you know, 2019 was a lot of things, but it was a great year for movies. Fantastic. So excited. Year. There's still more to see. Still got, I still got to see uh, Little Women. I saw Loose, which was tremendous. That's going to. That's somewhere in my 10 to 20 range. I saw The Farewell. That was a really good movie. Not unbelievable. That was overrated. Aquafer- so we, we talked about this after I saw it. I had the benefit of seeing it now. Because when The Farewell came out, everyone was so excited about it. They were like, best movie ever, best movie ever. Yeah, and you see it and you're like... Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it was? Yeah. Yeah. No, not even close. So, so then you see the movie and you're like... That's that's good. That's a good movie. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just good. But it was like a good to very good movie. I would say uh, both Loose and The Farewell pass the uh, BTR test, <laughs> the official brunch BTR test. Our official scale. Oh, and it has to be the BTR Man. test because Rocket Man makes it one word in the movie for some reason, even though I believe the song is Rocket Space Man. But I would say farewell. Yes. Did you, would you think the farewell better than Rocket Man? Yes. Yeah. But like, yeah. It, I mean, I, it was definitely fell victim to to overhype. I thought Aquafina was really good. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a, a really nice story. But I think that it could have benefited from trimming the fat in places. Too long. Yeah. Too long. I agree. And I don't even know how long it was, but it did feel it quite long. Too long. Did, have you seen Loose yet? No, not yet. Loose is a uh, Loose. Really makes you think. Interesting. It's it's a very good movie. It's not perfect, but I won't give it away. I'm quite excited for uh, 1917. More than I thought that I that I'd be. Yeah. Uh, I was like, ah, more movie. It's this is uh, this one's getting quite quite exciting for me because it's getting good reviews. I'm very interested to see how they pull off the uh, the one shot through the entire movie. Sort yeah, of they're thing. Birdman in it. Yeah, and also it's uh it's like. 90 minutes it's or it's like good oh it's no it's it's just short of two hours good which is very nice for me good okay happy new year everyone just remember nothing has changed